Welcome to another episode of Virtual Rolodex. This is a show, and my goal for this show is to bring you individuals that you need in your virtual Rolodex or your clients need these individuals. There is going to be a variety of guests, so keep you know, subscribing to the podcast and to the YouTube channel to find out who I happen to bring on. Because it's not just going to be fellow professionals such as the legal team, the investment team, or fellow CPAs. As you noticed earlier this week, I had a psychologist on. And who knew that businesses needed psychologists? But if you listen to that episode, you figured out why you need to have her on your um, virtual Rolodex. And today I have another special guest. He is from Chamberlain, who is one of our corporate sponsors at the gold level. Hobbs has spoken for TXCPA Houston for many years, and today he's to, here to join me just to give a little bit more background about who he is, who Chamberlain is, and then we're going to get into the hard questions. So, Hobbs, I'm going to let you introduce yourself just a little bit more and about Chamberlain. Yeah, so Christy, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be on, on your podcast. So yeah, my name's Habib Ghanem. Everyone calls me Hobbs by short. Um, I've been at Chamberlain um, my whole career, which spans about 19, 20 years. Uh, and that's kind of rare in today's, you know, work environment where, you know, folks tend to jump around. So uh, Chamberlain's been a great place. And uh, I find myself here, you know, I started when I was in my, you know, early to mid 20s and boom, it's been 19, 20 years. So good ride. Uh, but at Chamberlain Herlica. And so I head up our tax planning and business transaction section. And, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more about the firm and my practice and uh, ways that we could help clients. Great. And as a listener, you're like, well, he's in tax. Of course, we need him on a virtual Rolodex. But could you give a little bit more detail of why fellow CPAs of mine and even those in the community would reach out to you personally and say, I'm having this tax problems because I'm sure you don't cover all tax problems. I mean, I'm sure there's expertise that you're like, if you're in this situation, make sure that you have us on your team. Yeah. So Chamberlain, so Chamberlain Herlica, you know, my law firm has is a Houston-based law firm, has been in town for nearly 60 years. So it has and it's and its history really really originates in tax. We started off as a tax boutique. And over the decades, we've grown into full service. So we do all kinds of things, whether it's corporate, international litigation, um, all different areas. But I think the key thing that distinguishes Chamberlain is not only that rich history, but also it's a mid-sized law firm. And in today's age of merger mania, uh, a lot of the law firms have either merged out of existence, have been bought out by larger firms. And there's nothing wrong with those firms. Those firms are great too. But what we our market tends to be the middle market. And right now we find that the middle market is underserved. There's not a lot of mid-sized law firms left. Uh, again, some of these larger law firms, they're great, but they're doing a lot of larger things for larger companies. And what we're finding is, is that you have, whether it's just normal individuals, you know, ultra wealthy individuals, family businesses, mid-market companies, and they're looking for help and they have tax issues. And so um, it's very common for people just to want to call and say, hey, my company has this or I personally have this issue. 
And if it's something that I or my group can do in the tax planning and business transaction space, we do it. But if it happens to be more of like a tax litigation question, we could route that to our colleagues in tax controversy. Maybe they need a will or trust drawn up for an estate tax planning perspective. We get those to our estate planners. If it's an international tax issue, those are very popular right now because we're approaching the 1015 deadline. Um, then we get that over to our international tax folks. And so I think it's just that there's like, you know, again, it's kind of an underserved market where you're, it's rare to find a mid-sized law firm uh, that's not doing, you know, all just Fortune 500 work. That's actually just dealing with, mid, you know, just normal clients and mid-sized companies um, who have that variety of tax knowledge and not just tax planning, but the other ones that I mentioned, you know, employee benefits being another one. Yeah, and small and mid-sized businesses, they know they need a team of experts, but that bottom line also impacts them. So they're always mm -hmm. like, well, you know, they hear about the large firms. They're like, yeah, that's out of my price range. And then they go try to do it themselves to save money. So here I am saying, make sure you have these guys in your virtual Rolodex or make sure that as a CPA, if you're help in the tax area, make sure that you have built a relationship with Chamberlain and they are a tax ex, um, expo that will be in January. So make sure you stop by their table to build that relationship because Hobbs, I think you can attribute a lot of business is based on referrals and those relationships that you have built over the last 19, 20 years. Can you speak to that? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, you know, starting off in my career, a lot of people try to go shake every hand they could shake, go to every networking event they could go to. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are great. Um, but, you know, the the path that I chose was really just to, you know, in the first few years of my career, I call it the first five years, was just to keep my head down, do as much work as I could do. I found myself working under, you know, my mentor was George Herlicka, the founder of the firm. So I got the I got to work with George Herlicka, Jack Eccles, Sid Williams. These guys are like titans of Chamberlain history, right? And I just found myself in this just really lucky and fortunate position to be working under these kind of these historic lawyers in the Houston, the Houston tax and corporate scene. And so I was just gobbling it up. I was doing as many transactions as I could in my kind of I don't even know if I had a business plan back then, but my my theory was if I could just be really good at doing work, the clients would just naturally come. You do enough transactions, you deal with enough CPAs, you deal with enough bankers, you deal with enough insurance people, you deal with enough clients. And if you communicate well and you finish the project on time and you do it for a fair price, word of mouth will take over. And that's kind of just what happened. Again, I, I found myself, again, very fortunate, very blessed, but it was just one of those grassroots movements where I was just getting phone call after phone call after phone call and really built up my practice. But I really feel like at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people network and again, nothing wrong with that, but what are you networking on if you don't have the experience and skill set? Because at the end of the day, it's only going to come down to one thing. How good is your work product and how well did you communicate that to the client or the CPA? You know, like, for example, I won't touch a reorg or start on a reorganization project until I say, OK, who if a client directly contacts me, who's your CPA? Can I speak to them? And they're like, well, why? We'll bring them the CPA later. I'm like, well, no, I don't want to do a reorganization. And then the CPA finds out 
six, nine months later. And they're like, well, I don't, I didn't know about this. I didn't either. I didn't report this right. Or maybe I don't agree with it. Right. I feel like attorneys sometimes feel like, Hey, I am the sole decision maker. You know, uh, attorneys tend to be egotistical sometimes that way. And I feel like, no, that's the opposite. Let's take a team approach. So the first thing I like to do is get looped into the CPA and say, okay, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking on this restructuring. What's your thoughts? Because what I find now is that the CPAs have that historical relationship. They know the client and I would be an absolute fool if I didn't tap into that knowledge because what if I miss something? What if I missed a detail? And so I feel like that's better for me. I feel like the CPAs usually like that because they have the historical relationship. They feel like, okay, some deference has been given to them, needed deference. And they'd be like, hey, I agree with this. And then ultimately, everyone's on the same page. We do a project efficiently. Everyone agrees from it from a tax perspective. And ultimately, the client is the winner there, right? The last thing the client wants to know is that they hired some lawyer to do a job and their CPA does not agree with what that work was done. Clients ultimately then are upset. I got two advisors and they don't agree. How did I end up in this position? So sorry to ramble on, but I feel like that's that's been a big part, frankly, of how I've been able to build a large following of clients is really just keep it simple, communicate well with people and make sure the work work is good and uh, the rest will just come naturally. And what I got from that is actions speak louder than words. Absolutely. Clients are going to remember the actions because they get so many words, they stop listening after a certain amount of time. But actions, that stays. And bringing in the CPA helps that relationship so that everyone's on the same page. And I think the business owner will appreciate this part. You're going to save money because if you have a disagreement between the trusted advisors, that's going to cost more in the end. So having everyone on the same page from day one is just going to save money in the end, which is what everyone wants to do and save time and energy because we know that we do not have this massive amount of time and energy. So I think that's a great philosophy and glad to hear that because I feel that sometimes Lawyers do get a bad rap, you know, that they're just for their own pocketbook and where there's smoke, there's fire. So having a unicorn among the lawyers, such as yourself, of being like, no, the client comes first. And that seems really great to me. It's it's really hard to earn the trust of clients and their CPA advisors if you just kind of go through your career stepping on people's toes. And uh, it's just not good for anyone. I've never really understood it. Um, but yeah, and then you know, the other thing I wanted to add, and I probably forgot to say this earlier on is that what's going to distinguish, you know, in terms of like, Hey, why does someone need to have me in the Rolodex? What's going to distinguish, you know, me and, and probably other members of my team is that we're hybrids. So in the normal law firm landscape, the traditional law firm landscape, you have tax attorneys and you have corporate attorneys. And in most cases they're separate and distinct. And what we figured out, uh, maybe we just stumbled upon it, fortunately, again, it was that, hey, you're much better tax attorney. You're a way much better tax attorney if you're out, if you're also doing the transactional and corporate work. So you're not basing your tax on theory. You've actually been in the trenches. You've done those transactions. You've done those documents. And so at Chamberlain, I mean, I'm a hybrid. I am a pure hybrid. I do both the tax and corporate. 
And so what I find there is that clients are, again, they're getting that value. The communication gap is less because you're not, you're not relying on a transactional lawyer to then bring in their tax partner at their law firm. Did they bring in them too early? Did they bring in them too late? Was I billed for unnecessary time? And so I always tell clients this. I said, if you needed a transactional lawyer to do a transaction for you, so you have two corporate lawyers, they look the same, their billing rate's the same, their skill set's the same, they went to the same law school, everything's the same. One knows tax and the other one doesn't. Who are you going to hire? And the feedback that I've gotten over the last you know, 19, 20 years has been consistent. It's not 99%, it's 100%. I would go with the guy or the attorney that knows tax. And so I, I feel like that's kind of the niche in the market that we find ourselves doing is that we're not just doing the actual tax consulting, we're doing the sale of the company or we're doing the acquisition or we're doing the reorganization or we're forming entities. You know, like a lot of attorneys, they'll form entities and they'll do a partnership agreement or a company agreement for an LLC and they're very generic. Well, well, maybe the tax allocations weren't generic. Maybe we needed targeted tax allocations. Maybe we needed something something in there to allocate more here or allocate more there. Um, did they form a single member LLC? The thing I see all the time, in, 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 I see this from CPAs, it's an LLC with an S-Corp. Why did the LLC make an S-Corp? Because you can't be a partner and an employee of the same partnership. And to close that down, we had to make an S-election. And my, my corporate attorney had no idea, right? And so when we do entity formations, I feel like we communicate with the CPAs ahead of time. We avoid the self-employment tax potential issue. And I feel like that's that's kind of the benefit of having, again, another a mid-sized firm where you're really taking a hybrid approach of being able to do not only the tax, but the transactional aspects. So sorry if I over, over-talked that or rambled on, but that's what I'm seeing from clients is that need for that the, that blended approach. No, I think that's excellent for those listening and viewing this of understanding that there's a reason that you're needed because especially in the middle market, they have, you know, a smaller resource base and I'd rather go to someone who can do the whole package and not have 20 different people I have to remember to contact because my memory is not that great. You know, it's like, I'd rather just have one name in my Rolodex of like, okay, we're going, this is the project, Hobbs is in charge of this one, CPA over here, okay, we got a group email, and we don't have 20 people on that email to make sure everyone's on the same page. Right. It just really makes sense to me. And so I'm wondering, like, have you guys copyrighted this process? You know, is there a trademark? (laughs) Just saying, you know, looking at that, like, this seems like everyone should be doing it. And so then when everyone should be doing it, it's like, well, is it protected? (laughs) So I appreciate it. No, no, those are, I appreciate the the, the kind words, but yeah, I mean, you're starting to see a competitor to take a similar approach. And again, I just think it's just, I think what happens is the lawyer market sometimes reacts too slow to the needs of clients. And what we're trying to do is we solve a need, we solve the mistakes or drops that were being made. And I feel like the market just, or Chamberlain just, we just naturally reacted to the needs of clients. You know, I'll just give you, I'm a big, you know, example person. I love to give give examples. Had a client send me an LOI after it was signed. Normally we want to be brought in before a letter of intent is signed to sell a company. 
I said, hey, you know, hey, client, I, I, I probably should have looked at this beforehand and the CPA had no idea either. He goes, Hobbs, I took care of it. I'm selling the stock in my company. I'm going to get, you know, 20% capital gain. Everything's great. Well, I'm reading the LOI and I could see that the buyer made a 338H10 election, which was treating a stock purchase as an asset purchase. Well, this company was very, had a ton of depreciable equipment. So I was like, I had to tell them the bad news. Well, no, it's an asset sale and you're going to have a ton of depreciable, you know, depreciation recapture at ordinary rates. And, but the LOI was already signed and the buyer was already preparing the purchase agreement. That is a perfect example of, of someone relying on a non-tax transactional attorney who just, they just missed it. And I don't say that, that the, they just didn't know that it was there. Right. And so I just find like getting ahead of those issues in this blended tax, you know, corporate hybrid approach has just, they've avoided those drops. And so we're just trying to fill that, that void in the market really. I think that's wonderful. And so if you're listening to this and you know some business owners that could really use this podcast, this information that Hobbs is giving, make sure that you send a link to that. But also in the show notes will be Hobbs contact information and Chamberlain's information because this is part of building relationships. You've heard from his own mouth of examples and such. And I think those are great. And it helps just reiterate the importance of Chamberlain and yourself and how you do business in a ethical manner that owners need. CPAs love people like you. So I have a general or personal question for you. How in the world did you decide to go into tax law? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, you know, I'm from Pearland, Texas, so I'm a local. Uh, I still live in Pearland, Texas. I just, you know, I like, you know, sometimes being outside of the bubble of of downtown in the Houston area because I'm in downtown just about most business days. Um, but, you know, growing up, you know, come from a very traditional family, you know, where you're either a doctor or you're a lawyer. Right. And um, I I knew my older brother is a doctor and I got a little bit of experience with that. And I knew I didn't want to be a physician. Nothing against it. Great field. But I just didn't want to go that route. And I love business. And so when I got to law school, I knew I wanted to do something that wasn't litigation. Uh, I love just the business world. I love seeing business deals come together. I, I kind of just enjoyed the strategy of negotiations and trying to be proactive and getting ahead of business issues. And so when I was in law school, I took federal income tax and I loved it. I did well in it. And I just felt like it was a different language to me. And so I took corporate tax and loved it. Partnership tax. I just found myself not only liking those classes, but doing well in them grade wise. And I just feel like you do well in things that you just naturally like. And after I finished up uh, law school, I ended up going to the East Coast to pursue a tax LLM at one of the big tax LLM schools. And that was a great experience. And I got to learn from some of the best tax professors in the country. And it just kind of confirmed that I wanted to do tax. But then I still had that itching to do business deals. And that really is kind of how I, I found out. So I'm, I am first, first and foremost, a tax person. But I, I also like doing the deals as well. And that's kind of ended up in that, 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 that blended approach. But yeah, it was just one of those things, Christy, where I went to law school thinking I was just going to do transactional. And I ended up liking a subset or specialty area of tax and uh, just really enjoyed it. 
That's really great. And the passion came through. And I love that. Uh, and just so you know, it's never too late to go get your CPA. That's right. That's right. I'm sure you can do it. Um, so I always have to put that plug in because, yeah, 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 it's it's interesting because I loved tax when I was an undergrad and um, didn't take it in my graduate. But I've always wondered, like, hmm, maybe I should go. Don't worry, people. I'm not going anywhere. But, you know, uh, so thank you, Hobbs, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to see you next. Um, he will be at the Tax Expo. His um, staff will be manning a table there, and hopefully you will stop there to just build this relationship just a little bit more, and I appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode of Virtual Rolodex, and I will be on there. Thank you. Thanks, Chrissy.